0: Brothers and sisters, boys and girls,
1: <laughs> take it away. <laughs> brothers and sisters, boys and girls, ask us, nation. We hope you are having a great Tuesday. I technically say Tuesday, Happy Tuesday, at the beginning of the the intro. Once we go into things, but I'm just gonna say it twice because it's Double Tuesday, right? It's Taco Tuesday. We hope you have a phenomenal Tuesday. We hope you're having a great day today. And if you're not listening to on Tuesday, that's okay. We hope you're having a great day. Uh, Stefan, we got a pretty good episode, right? We got a great episode.
0: So we, we go into Judges chapter 14. We're starting to learn the story of Samson. But what I love about this is I feel like we in Bible school, Bible Sunday, we, uh, we learn just like a little snippet of Samson's story, but right. we don't really learn the whole thing. And so yeah. we we're, we're diving into who Samson truly was and we learn about how he's impulsive and he's rash in his decisions. He's kind of a hothead. Um, but how does that relate to us? And so the whole theme of this episode is how to be obedient and how to step away from um, bad habits that are human nature and to be more like Christ.
1: Yeah, 100 percent, dude. There is a lot of great takeaways in this. And you guys might even notice this, too. Uh, we're, We're constantly taking in critique from you guys and listening to the words that you say on how we can do this podcast better and we kind of take a different flow. So instead of just doing a basic overview of the whole thing, and then just going into the takeaways we got, we're kind of taking it verse by verse or section by section, and then talking about those takeaways as we kind of go through it. And Stefan and I agree. We think that this is a better flow for us. We think it helps um, a ton with just the conversations and with getting the points across and you guys being able to follow along with where we got those from versus they're like, how did you How'd you get that takeaway? (laughs) Where's
0: that from? Where did that come (laughs) from?
1: So we got lots of great things there. Uh, We have a great uh, reaction from Stefan when it comes to holding hands. You're going to love that. Oh, God. uh, (laughs) Please edit it out. (laughs) Now I have to keep it in there. Um, It's a great episode for you guys, and we think you're going to love it. So with that being said, Stefan, uh, are you ready to do this? Let's. Do Do this. this. (laughs) Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, Ask Us Nation. We are live in the lion's den. And when I say live, I mean, technically we're live right now, but this is pre-recorded because... At the time that uh, you guys are probably listening to this, I will be almost done with my mission trip in Zambia, Africa.
0: Tell us about it, Remy. What are you going to be doing in uh,
1: Zambia? Uh, I'm going to be painting toilets and singing uh, Kumbaya. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> no, we I say wait, that. what I was like, seriously, wait, what? No, that's what our uh the guy that runs the organization, he always says that because he's super passionate about this type of ministry. And so whenever he like explains it to people, he's like, We're not, you know, traveling thousands and thousands of miles to just paint toilets and sing kumbaya. And I was like, All right, bro, bring the heat. Like you just out here calling people straight out. Um, but what we do is it's called Bush Evangelism, which Bush just means like the very rural outskirts land in Africa. It's, it's, I think in almost all of Africa, it's called the bush. I'm not a hundred percent positive, but I know a lot of countries call it that. And it's kind of like the wild, but it's where a lot of tribes and villages are, that are too far away from the government to reach and get a lot of support. And so they usually don't have, <clears throat> they don't have like standard homes. It's literally sticks in mud and they have like like palm tree fencing and it's, it's very, very impoverished, but they have very little connection to the outside world. And so we go and we have translators and we preach the gospel to these people and ask if they want to receive Christ. And, uh, what we'll do is we'll spend a few days with them, usually like anywhere from between like three to six days. And by the end of it, after we've reached as many people as we can, uh, with the teams that we have, uh, we'll do like baptisms with them. And then when we leave and we come back home, the organization is based out there and they'll go back out to those same villages and they'll host churches, uh church on Sundays every single week, but they'll do it under uh, like uh, a tree. They won't do like a building or anything like that. And so they just want to see consistency and they want to see that there's actually like hunger for like God and his word and a relationship with him. And as they do that, I think the it's anywhere between six months and a year. And once they've hit that, that quota or that Mark, and they're still consistent with like people that are coming. Then what they'll do is they'll provide the material to build a church, but then they'll encourage the village to be a part of building it. So they get to be a part of that. And then we train pastors and then we find people within that village to train up, to be pastors for their own village. So they'll go through like a Bible college and they'll learn how to read God's word, how to teach from it and how to you know speak from the pulpit and to be a leader. And then they'll send it back into their community and they'll continue to grow with that church and so right now they have 19 20 i think we have 20 churches right now which is crazy so massive it's growing and we're the only one of the only organizations in the western province of zambia africa that go and do this mission work
0: so it's pretty hype that is really really cool
1: yeah um if someone wanted to do this are they able to like hop on and do this yeah so we'll uh we'll be promoting it more i wanted to do a team this year from ask us why but i just got too distracted with everything else we were doing and so signups are going to start up once we come back we'll be promoting for the next year and even if you live in a different state you don't have to live in phoenix we've uh coordinated kind of how to work that out and get you to still be a part of team but these trips are nuts dude so um people anyone that wants to get involved with this organization can and the and it's super cheap actually so trail missions right now only charges a thousand dollars to go. And then it's just your flight. So like if your flight is $1,500 and it's a thousand dollars, that's $2,500 to go for like 16 days, wow. which is nuts. And yeah. then what we'll do, we'll raise an extra 500 and that's to go do like fun touristy things at the very end of the trip. But that's like separate from what the mission trip is, which is nuts. Cause most places charge like four, five, six, seven grand to go on mission trips like this. So it's super affordable. Um, and the work that we do is, is insane. Much better than what Jack will call painting toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and singing kumbaya. <laughs> and singing kumbaya. So anyways, uh, that was a little promo for you guys. If you guys want to get involved with it, stay tuned for that. But just be praying for our team and that we're just making an impact and that uh, hopefully we can build another church out there for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great. Yeah, Building uh, churches in the bush. Churches in it. the
1: bush, bro. It's, it's built different. That's cool. Yeah.
0: that's cool well uh we're gonna we're gonna jump right into judges 14 here it's crazy to think that we're already in the 14th chapter of judges we've been nuts. we've been walking through this man yeah so we uh we we last episode talked about the birth of samson mm-hmm. we talked about his parents getting this vision and talking to the angel about how they're going to have a son yep and now he's alive he's he's born. And uh, he's this young buck who is just the worst. Um, So (laughs) I'm just going to read from this. It says that Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among your people? that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. So, like, a couple, couple kind of crazy things from this. So, like, culturally, we have kind of just know this, that parents usually would set up the marriage right. for their kids. But yet Samson's like, that one. <laughs> Get her for me. Right. It like, kind of reminds me of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where there's, like, that fat kid with the chocolate, and he's, like, just, like, sipping from the, the river. Like, that's <laughs> Samson, like, has... So much impulse and zero discernment. Don't of they what's have the right. same fate? <laughs> Dang, son. <laughs> just oh geez. I don't think they have the same fate. I don't know. No,
1: doesn't he get stuck in the tube? He gets stuck in the tube, you're right. Yeah. And then like, yeah. I don't know if they him get out. him out or whatever. I, I he just, dies. I remember so- him, I was traumatized <laughs> from that. I literally was traumatized from that. Well, so anyways.
0: anyways, like he's just so <laughs> impulsive and it's kind of sad because we kind of have that in our culture today. Yeah. Like everything is based on love at first sight. Yep. Do you believe in love at first sight? Like is that something that you're into? <laughs> Absolutely. Really? No. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: I I was I'm down for it, down for that conversation. Just hit you with a curveball. This is not what we prepped. What we, <laughs> we didn't even stick, prep this. stick, so, stick, stick to the script. No. Uh I am a firm believer that it is a load of crap. This whole love at first sight thing, I think it's something that Hollywood has created that we uh, see through entertainment, through movies, through TV shows, even sometimes through social media. We we see these uh, love interests that come because they saw someone and they're like, at first sight, I just knew you were the one. And I'm like, that's that's kind of weird. You know, if you look at someone, you're like, I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I just knew it right there. I'm, I'm a little creeped out. I've also seen like, uh, isn't there like a whole thing right now where it's guys that go into like youth group and tell girls like, God told me that you're going to be my wife one day. I don't
0: think that's a now thing. I think that's like a forever thing.
1: Oh, forever thing. Oh, 100%. They still feel the calling.
0: Yeah. No, like, I mean, like, I think that guys have probably done that since the beginning of time where it's like, I've been inspired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You spoke to me in the dream. Yeah. Um, No, I don't. I don't believe in it, and for so many good reasons. And I mean, you might be attracted to someone when you see them at first. Sure, people can be beautiful. They can, men can be handsome, and you can be. um, They can give off like an aura or like a a demeanor and and, uh, a presence that is inviting and exciting. I mean, like when I first met you, I experienced some of that, where I was like, "This guy seems fun. He's he's joyful." Like. I want to be around this kind of person. And those are very valid things. But I think that we've um, construed what the word love means. And so mm-hmm. we misdefine or we um, falsely define what, what we mean when we say that we fell in love at first sight. I think that we mean that we were attracted to them at first sight. Um, but love is a much bigger topic of like what it means to actually love someone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually heard a conversation recently about like, is there such thing as the one Mm. and I actually believe there is. Yeah. And so hear me out on this. I believe there is the one, but that changes. Mm. And what I mean by that is right now, there's somebody that you're compatible with. Yeah. Like you and Alyssa, you're compatible, and I'm compatible to Chasey, yeah. right? You know, um, But over time, likes and interests and things, those change over time. Yep. And so love and choosing the one, you have to choose over and over and over that you're going to support that person. You're going to care for that person. Yeah. And so you meet somebody and you're clicking on all cylinders. But over the course of time, over 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, those things that you're compatible on and you're interested in are going to change. But you have to choose to love that person regardless. That's huge. And so if you're if you're picking somebody based on just like a, a quick snippet, Swipe right, like you think that person's <laughs> super cute, yeah. like that's not the depth. Like you have to, love is not a feeling. Yeah, love is not a feeling; it's an action. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's yeah, an action, and it's a choice. It's a choice over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah. So, anyways, we we continue on, and so um, he likes this girl, and he he wants to be with her. So then, Samson and his father and mother they go down to Timna, and they go to the vineyards, which you should be like going ding, 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 ding. Something's wrong here because we talked about this last week. He has a Nazarite vow. Right. And in a Nazarite vow, you can't touch dead bodies, you can't cut your hair, and you can't drink wine. Right. Yeah, he's chilling by a vineyard. Yeah. Like he's getting so close. Like he's getting (laughs) so close to the edge and he's just tempting himself to sin. And man, we see this all the time with people. It's like, man I, I I know this person's bad for me,
1: but I'm gonna text him late at night right and yeah i you know what I think of the first the first thing that comes to mind is uh the question that you probably get all the time being in youth ministry is like so how far is like too far in a relationship mm-hmm. and the mindset in our in our head when we ask that question is like, so how far am I allowed to go before I'm getting close to the edge and it makes me think of this story that I heard a long time ago. There was a man who was trying to hire two truckers. He was trying to hire one trucker, sorry. Um, And he had two different candidates and he asked them one simple question. He, He was down in the line. Both of them were great candidates to fit the position. And he had one more question for them. And he said, he showed him a picture of a cliff and he said, how close do you think you could get to this cliff without falling off? And one of them was like, dude, I am a master skilled driver. I could get right up to that thing, literally to the centimeter and it wouldn't fall off. And the other guy was like, I'm not going anywhere near that thing. What are you talking about? And the guy hired the guy that said, I'm not going anywhere near that thing. And the point was, is like, why would you risk that? Why would you get so close to that? Because there's so many factors that could be involved. Like what if wind gets involved or or all of a sudden like there's like a mudslide or any kind of natural disaster that gets in the way of that, like that truck is going down. Like it's not a matter of how close you can get, but seeing this uh, in opposite terms of like, don't get close to it at all. So, if you're someone who has a temptation with one of the biggest things today that we struggle with is pornography. So, if you have a a struggle with pornography, don't go watch rated R movies in the theaters or at home late at night alone. Like, if you have a hard time containing that temptation or fighting against it, then don't walk that fine line of like, well, there's only a couple of nudity scenes in it. And like, I'm okay. Like, I get through it and I'm fine. I'm like, okay, you're fine today. But in a week from now, you build habits. And that yeah. wall slowly starts to come down. Yeah, you say
0: like movies, but um, talking to students, I think people, um, just being a youth pastor, talking to talking to high school guys, I think a lot of the times it's not the movies. I think even just scrolling on Instagram provokes thoughts. Yeah, they see girls posting in bikinis, or they see all these different things on like the pages that they follow. Yep. And it's like, man, like it's not just the big things, the big movie. It's even the five minutes that you spend on your phone. on Instagram and TikTok. It's like, don't do that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But something that you said is something that I've been preaching for a while is um, God never calls us to virginity. Mm -hmm. He calls us to purity. And there's a huge difference between trying to keep your virginity card and trying to be pure. Yeah. Like you can make out with somebody and not be pure. And I think when we were asking the question, how far can I go without hitting virginity? Um, without losing that, you are missing the calling of what God's asking us to be, and that's pure. Yeah, like you're skipping so many steps, just in purity alone. So, I think it's a silly question. I think we're asking the wrong question because God is calling us to be pure of mind and pure of heart in every single thing that we do. Yep. And so that's that's probably probably something that we should be pumping more is virginity i think is an american culture thing yeah purity of heart and being pure before marriage this is something too that i've noticed especially in my dating relationships every single step that you take the step that is before it becomes less significant yeah so i remember like you're at the movies <laughs> and you put your hand there and you're sitting there waiting for them to touch your hand oh yeah and then like you finally hold hands and it's like oh. <laughs> so good (laughs) like oh yes and then like you hug for the first time or you kiss yeah or then you kind of slip into that next thing yep and then you have sex Mm. and it's like if you have sex holding hands it's not that special yeah and that's why it's so important to be pure and wait till marriage is because within marriage everything has its significance yeah you're holding the person that's promised to be with you forever. You're hugging that person who's going to cherish you and love you despite your flaws and is choosing to love you like we talked earlier. You're being intimate with somebody that you want to produce life with and that you want to care about. It's it's so much deeper than just
1: an action and a selfish desire. Yeah. So. So, don't don't hold hands. <laughs> That's the moral of the story, guys. Don't hold hands. Do not hold hands. Also, I'm sorry for my... (laughs) That probably looked really weird when I did that.
0: (laughs) So anyways, uh, they're at the vineyard, and then this lion's there. Like, he's, he's almost coming up to danger, but then danger does come. In a different a, form, <laughs> in a different form, a stinking lion. But then the spirit of God rushes on Samson, and yeah. he's able to rip apart this lion. It says like he rips it like a goat. I don't know how many people rip goats apart, but like yeah, it talks about that in the text.
1: They said it was like a Middle Eastern uh, practice back then to rip apart like baby goats. They would do that, so that was the references. They would just take baby goats, and that's how they would rip them apart. And I and, was like, and did he did that with a what? <laughs> a lion <laughs> a lion huh? so yeah um Peta would
0: be having a field have leg. you ever had a lion leg you have probably from <laughs> zambia <Africa>. no no <laughs> that's wrong
1: that's so wrong yeah i don't know dude <laughs> over here we have lion leg <laughs> i'm like uh listen <laughs> i'll just have the chicken <laughs> well, i'll have the chicken
0: So anyways, he he kills this lion and then he doesn't talk to his parents about it. Mm -hmm. And later he walks back towards Timna to this Philistine woman and he notices in the carcass there's this honey and he takes the honey and he eats it and then he gives it to his parents and he doesn't tell his parents like, oh, this is where I got it from. And pause. We talked about this before. He has a Nazarite vow. Yeah. He's not allowed to drink wine. He's by the vineyard. He's not allowed to cut his hair. He keeps his hair. But he's not allowed to touch dead bodies, yeah, Yet he's murderous, and he's touching dead bodies to get this honey out, like he's a slime ball, yeah, he's not telling people where he's doing these things and where he's getting these things and all that, and man, you want to hit a little bit on that yeah, so
1: uh <clears throat> two weeks ago at my church, we talked about uh we're going through like a wisdom series, and we talked about um that that week specifically rashness and the idea of like being impulsive and making decisions without um, like really counting the cost or thinking about it before you make those decisions. And uh, of course, of all the examples that they could have pulled, they were like, we're going to jump into judges chapter 14 today. And I was like, man, you ahead of the game for us. And uh, there was just so many great things that they brought up about how we we live in a society where sometimes things are very fast paced, right? And sometimes spontaneousness, that's a word, is encouraged. Like if you want to go like, hey, let's go on a road trip. Like let's go to Flagstaff. Let's go Let's go to the beach. Let's, let's go do this thing. Like those things are fun and those can be really awesome. But if you have to make like really serious decisions in your life, jumping to decisions faster than what you probably should when you should count the cost or you should consider the consequences, you're going to have a much harder time finding success in life. And also just, you're going to just find yourself in a lot of trouble in a lot of situations because you're just so quick to think you're so impulsive. You're so fast. You're so rash in your decisions. But that also goes on the other side of, um, how we respond to situations. We're a very reactive culture. We see things happen and we react versus we see something happen and then we think and then react, or we would respond, um, in a way that that shows that we're not taking things just for what it is. So like if, if a headline hits the news about something, people read that headline and they call that truth. That is like their Bible to them. They read something and they're like, that is truth. But you don't know the full story. Things come out all the time where it was like, oh, this was a misconception, so sorry about that. And, uh, and we're just so quick to react to things and be so responsive. And uh, I've just learned in my life that um, there are so many times where I am tempted, especially with like, driving. I don't know if you're someone that has road rage, but I get, I get road rage sometimes. <laughs> and I, I was so convicted after that message just to, um, really consider like even just the simple phrase of like, just don't be rash. If like, if something's going on, like I try to think now, like it's, it's obviously sometimes it really just is bad drivers or people that are driving crazy, but sometimes it's like, what if it's an emergency? What if someone needs to get somewhere right now and they need to fly by you? And so I try to, I try to think of the best case scenarios and those things, but it's always that phrase that comes back to me is don't be rash.
0: I like that. I'm I'm just thinking about this, and it almost seems like chapter fourteen and all is t- is just talking about how rash and impulsive Samson is. He likes the girl. Yeah, I want the girl. I see honey in a dead carcass, even though I'm not allowed to touch it. I want the honey. Yeah, and I'm gonna give it to my dad and not tell him about it because, like, I'm a sneaky guy. Yeah. And then right after that, so he he tells these these people. So he's he's marrying this Philistine woman, and then he tells them this riddle. And the riddle um, goes, "Hey, if you're able to get this riddle, um, I will be able. I'll give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes." And then he says, "Out of the eater comes something to eat; out of the strong came something sweet." And he's almost flaunting it, taunting. You don't know what I did. Yeah. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Like you don't know where I got this honey, and you're not going to be able to get this riddle. He's just like this. He's so slimy. So, anyways, his 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 wife, these guys, they come and pressure her and they're like, We can't figure out this riddle. You need to figure it out, or we're gonna burn your house down and kill everybody in your family. Yeah. And so then she's freaking out <laughs> and she's pressuring Samson. And yeah. on the seventh day, Samson's like, All right, I'm sick of your crap, and tells her what the riddle is, and then she goes and tells the people like what's going on because she's pressured, she's afraid. And we face pressures all the time. And when we're, when we're pressured, we usually do some stupid stuff.
1: Yeah. Like, what are some pressures that we face, like, daily? Yeah, so I think of, um, especially in the context of this, this is like, a, like, when we think of the passage of what we're reading, you have the Philistines and you have the Israelites, right? Samson's considered an Israelite. And even though we're already getting a really bad start To who Samson is of making mistakes, being impulsive, doing completely contrary to what his vows were, not even just a commandment, like something that was special and unique and set apart already within a relationship with God. He's already turned away from those things. So we're not on a great start, but still he's from Israel. He's still a chosen nation by God. And the Philistines don't accept God. They have their pagan traditions. They have those idols that they worship and they probably, I don't know if the Philistines specifically practice, um, like sacrifice like some of the other tribes do. But regardless, they, they're they not a great influence. And so in this situation, you see that even even though uh, Samson is not the best example, you still see that that Samson uh, has extended the hand and has uh, chosen this Philistine woman to, to be his wife. And the Philistines hate the Israelites, right? Got some beef with them. And especially coming pretty soon, they're going to have a ton of beef with Samson. And so she starts facing this pressure where they're saying, like, hey, like they, he brought this riddle upon us, but like, are you gonna leave us impoverished? Like, are you gonna like let him rob us from this? Like, get out, like figure out the riddle, or we're gonna burn your house down, and threatens them. And what I think of today is we don't have the Philistines, but we have non believers. And we don't have Israel, but we have the Christian faith. And there are gonna be so many times in our life especially when you're like a new believer, more often than not, I get this a lot too. And especially with Ask Us Why, I get DMs all the time from people where they're a new believer, they've just come to the faith, but they're facing so much pressure from their family and from their friends because none of them are believers. None of them hold to the faith. And so they get pressure all the time, pushing on them that like, hey, if you're gonna keep going to church, if you're gonna keep acting this way, if you're gonna keep saying these things, I don't wanna affiliate myself with you anymore. And so that community that you had held onto for so long Like you're tied to that and you're afraid to lose that and I think that there's there's something we'll talk here a little bit about about fear and what she was experiencing there and that fear was was forcing her to make decisions that that went against her just simply going to Samson and saying that like I got a problem that we got to deal with Mm -hmm. and in the same way like you might face pressure from your work like hey like you've been posting about this on social media if you keep talking about this stuff we're gonna let you go or if you keep you keep talking about Jesus with your coworkers. I'm just gonna have to fire you. I have friends who have been fired for being bold in their faith. Yeah. Um. You could have family members or friends that are going to, again, like I said, like they're going to want to back out on you. They're going to want to abandon you and leave you behind because of the things that you believe. But the question is, is are you going to let fear make the decision for you of what you're going to choose to do with that? Or are you going to turn to God and have faith?
0: Yeah. And kind of wrapping up this story, then this chapter. So she she chooses fear. And she tells the people and then the people come to Samson and then, and they're like, what's sweeter than honey Yeah, and what's stronger than the lion. And he knew, he's like, if you hadn't gone to my wife, you would have never gotten this riddle. Yep. And then he's pissed off and he goes and he murders people and he gets the linen garments from the people that he murdered and gave it to the people. And then he goes back to What a twist. He just kills them and gives them their garments. (laughs) Then he goes back to his father's house and his wife is given to his best man or his friend. And that is tough. Yeah, but he doesn't know about it yet. We're gonna, He's going to find yeah. out pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait, what's happening? So anyways, he's just this hothead, and we kind of like read the story of Samson, and you're just like, man, he sucks, and God keeps using him. Mm-hmm. He sucks. And I was reading this chapter, and like this actually came, at, came to me today, and I was thinking about the story of Hosea, and there's this book... In the Bible, where God God has Hosea marry this person named um, Gomer, and she's a prostitute woman, and she keeps leaving him, and he goes and finds her and brings her back, and then she yeah. leaves and goes back to prostitution, and he brings her back, and it's this this massive book and this story about how that's the relationship with God and Israel. They're prostituting themselves to all these idols and these old ways and these sins, and God saves them and brings them back, and then they go back and prostitute themselves to these idols and these sins, and God brings them back. Yeah. And then I realized Samson is the story of God with us individually. Mm. I look at, man, in my own life, I have this impulsive look. Man, I want that thing. Yeah. Get it for me. And there's this TikTok going crazy right now where this guy is preaching, and he's talking about how Man, it's bad for a parent to give a kid everything they want, right? Like, yeah. if, like, It's so bad because if a kid gets everything that they want, then they're going to be spoiled, and it's just not good for them to have everything that they want. So then why do we expect that from our Heavenly Father? Mm. Everything that we want. Yeah. And so anyways, Samson has that, but we do that wow. same thing. We're impulsive. We want things, and then we're upset when we don't get them. And then Samson, he walks up to the, to the, uh, the edge of the vineyard, and he's like right on the edge of sinning. But we do that. We go to the very edge of things that we know we shouldn't go. We message that person we know we shouldn't do. We isolate ourselves from other people. We go into um, places where we're bored and we're alone and we're isolated. And so then we, we do sin. And we, we go back to things like the vineyard where we know sin's about to happen. But yet God still uses Samson. He still uses him. And then he has this lion and he fights the lion and he kills the lion because of the spirit of God. And it's just, it's just this crazy thing where we're just like Samson. We're impulsive. We, we are at places we shouldn't be at, but yet God still uses us. And Mm -hmm. what a beautiful thing that God loves us so much that the only reason we have greatness in us, because we suck. The only thing that there's reason there's good in us is because God's good. And he yeah. still uses
1: us despite our flaws. Yeah. When you had texted me and you were like, bro, I got the best takeaway for us. I was like, okay. And I went and read it and I was like, oh, frick. <laughs> 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 that's too true, bro. It's true. That's such a, there's such a great point there, too, about how we look at characters in the Bible or we look at people around us in our life and we go, I can't believe they would do something like that. How could like, really like that person, they did that. And we just stand in disbelief and in awe that people do things that are sinful or turn us away. But exactly what you're saying here, like there's a truth to be told that more often than not, that's us. And we might not think that because we more often than not measure our goodness by how we treat those around us, by those like actual physical relationships we have. But if we're not aware of our relationship with God, we're not measuring it by our relationship with him. And we don't realize how often when we sin, we're creating offenses against God. Mm -hmm. Like we're separating ourselves from him every single time we do those things. He set up, he set us apart and he's given us commandments and he's told us how to live a life. And we still choose to neglect that and to sin and to push ourselves away from him. But we still think from down here, we're like, no, but I'm good to my friends. And you know, like I, I do my due diligence in society and I contribute and I do all those things, but we don't measure it in that sense. And so, that's such a great point and perspective to realize that more often than not, it's a reflection of like who we are. I've, I've heard that too before sometimes. That sometimes you see a sin in someone's life and you see it repetitively and it bothers you. And more often than not, it's because it's a reflection of a sin that you struggle with in your life. One of the that I got from this that um, was uh, just interesting to me is at the very end of this, Samson has done all this crap. He's a slime ball, right? And by the end of it, he's pissed off because his Philistine, at that time, fiance, gives, gives in uh, and pressures him to give the answer, and he gives the answer. And then he goes and kills 30 of them, gives them the linens, and then he storms off back home. But it says that instead of going home, that he went and lived in like the cleft of a rock. It says that he, he separated himself, right? Um, I believe that's 15. Oh, man. Am I, am I skipping to 15? You are. Gosh dang it. We're gonna have to save that takeaway for for that week. Actually, I think it's I 16. think it's sixteen. Yeah. It is sixteen. That's right. Man, I'm bummed. <laughs> I had a really cool takeaway, but I'm gonna save that for that episode. Um it sucks when you read all of it and you get them all mixed up together. All oh, good. Well, I'm just gonna say one last
0: point. Is even though Samson um struggles and he sins, and he's impulsive, God still uses him, yeah, but God makes it very clear, and there's a there's a passage i'm gonna look it up right now, um that even though we're sinful, he's gonna use us, but we can choose to be good, yeah, and we can be be over those impulses with the help of god, and it's in second Timothy two Verse 20, it says, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for honorable use, and some are for dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And so I just want to encourage you, like you don't have to be the person that's impulsive every time you see something that you like you don't have that delayed gratification. Like you don't wait and, and see things through and know if it's a good thing from God or not. Or you don't have to be the person that walks up to the vineyard and puts his toes on the line and sees how far they can go yeah. um, before they sin. Um, you can be someone who's ready for every good work. Mm. You can set yourself apart to be honorable for the, for the kingdom of God. And you don't have to be somebody who is like Samson. Yeah. who's going off of what he desires and what he wishes.
1: Yeah. And I'm just going to tack on to that, um, this, this one-liner. You ready for this? No matter how much God uses us in our disobedience, how much more can he use us in our obedience? So sometimes we, we justify the sin in our lives. And it feels really good to hear like, God still is going to, he's going to use you no matter what your past is, no matter the mistakes you've made, like he's still going to use you for his kingdom. And there is truth to that. And that is great. But sometimes the enemy likes to twist that on us. And he likes to say, well, if he's going to use you live in that sin anyways, like and just, just soak yourself in death and in sin because God's still going to use you. Right. But the truth is, is that he can do so much more with us if we just choose obedience. If we choose to like follow his commands, if we choose to actually imitate the character of Christ and live the way that he told us to and to live out the commands that Jesus left us with, God can use us so much more, immensely more than he could if we're, listening in dis- if we're living in disobedience. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's my encouragement to you guys is that if you're in a season where maybe you've been falling away and you've been living in sin or you haven't been close to Christ, whatever it is, one of those examples, there's still encouragement and there's still hope that, that God is going to use you. And he wants to use every single Mm -hmm. person in a way that is beneficial for the kingdom. And ultimately we pray brings you closer to him. But at the same time, don't let that be the crutch on what you stay in your sin for like, God can use you so much more if you just choose to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And so when we come to God and we say, God, I want you to use me. I want you to, to, to make me a vessel for your plan and your will in this world. Like he can do so much more if you not, not just have a relationship with him, but like seek out what he calls us to do and then do those things. He's going to use us all the more. I love it. And I think that's the perfect point to just wrap it up. Like just be obedient, just be obedient. Heck yeah, guys! Well, thank you so much for tuning in for chapter fourteen with us. Uh, we hope you guys loved it. If you did, leave us a review. I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer that in for this whole series. Just leave <laughs> reviews. Leave reviews. Just tell us your thoughts. Um, it helps. It helps to get out to other people. It helps us reach more. Um, people like you that we believe we're making an impact for, or we hope we can make make an impact for. Um, And so if you guys could do that, that would be super appreciative to us. And if not, just make sure you're following us on social media. And if you want to check out our merch, you can over askuswhyshop.com. Stay tuned because I think pretty shortly here in the next like week or so, we're going to be dropping our Hope Club collection and it's going to be fire. So other than that, we love you guys and we hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Peace and blessings.